0: Welcome to the Cascadia Solidarity Zone, a new podcast by members of Seattle DSA, our local chapter of the Democratic Socialists of America. I'm your host, my name is Joshua, and I've been a member of DSA for about a year now. This episode features a conversation with my co-host Wale about tenant organizing during the coronavirus crisis. Here in Washington, non-essential businesses were shut down on March 19th, and our governor issued a stay-at-home order on March 23rd. Although most areas have a plan to reopen in phases now, we do not know when this will really end. We recorded our conversation a while ago, and at the time, over 10% of the workforce had applied for unemployment. I'm recording this on May 30th, and now over 41 million people have applied for unemployment, which brings us nearer to 20% unemployment. In the US, over a third of Americans rent their homes. But they are still expected to pay their landlord, despite the government telling people not to work and to stay at home for over two months now. Here's my conversation with Wale. Since the coronavirus crisis began earlier this year, non-essential workers have been laid off and had their hours cut back. As a result, many people are struggling to pay for basic necessities, which most importantly includes housing. Seattle DSA has been holding weekly tenant organizing meetings, led in part by my co-host, Wale. Wale, can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Wale, they, them. I am uh, a person who is behind the tenant organizing collective that has been... um, a significant part of the tenant organizing uh, for the Seattle DSA. And we also have uh, been working with the newly formed Puget Sound Tenants Union. And that has been a great experience. Um, uh, The beginnings of the tenant organizing collective were actually in September when uh, when my (laughs) apartment building was not so so great in terms of um their their policies and so it was like okay well what do i do uh, um i'm into activism what do we do organize and uh, fast forward to, uh, six months later, in March of this year, where we actually did get a concession from that apartment building. I'm, I'm no longer in that apartment building, uh, anyways. Uh, but um, that that was it was good to get a concession from them because that means that they realized that they were at least in the wrong in some part. But um, yeah, like we're in this time where we have uh just such a need for tenant organizing and and really it it illustrates that tenant organizing is something that we probably should be doing as as much as possible um and and these these catastrophic uh circumstances of of a pandemic um point to it but but in the future, hopefully, we will have the this, these structures in place so that um, we will be ready for something like a, a pandemic, so that um, we're not as subject to the the caprices of landlords.
0: Yeah, I think that's definitely important, and am kind of living that myself because I'm trying to organize my own apartment building, and have been very grateful that you've been having these. Um, weekly meetings um, and I do want to get into the nuts and bolts of, of tenant organizing uh, and, and, you know, more about why it's important. But before we do that, I do want to take a quick look at the scope of the problem and how renters in Seattle have been affected by the crisis. There is a article in the stranger from uh, journalist, Natalie Graham. Um, the stranger is a local alternative newspaper here in Seattle And Natalie did a public records request to the city of Seattle council uh, for emails to the council from residents concerned about paying rent leading up to April 1st. Uh, If you want to read Natalie's full article, I definitely recommend it. It's called as April rent came due email to council members showed a scared panicked Seattle. I thought there were a couple of um, emails and stories that are in the article that were interesting and stood out to me, Um, but did any, did you take a look while I did it any kind of stand out to you?
1: Absolutely. Uh, I think the, the, the last story where, uh, the, the person was saying, I'm able to pay rent for April, but my family is missing two thirds of our income until business can open again. We currently have enough to pay the last three months on our lease, but at that point, we'll, we'll, we will be homeless with no savings. So these are dire circumstances. And um, if you think about people's hierarchy of, of needs, um, then ultimately it's dependent upon shelter like that's one of those basic needs along with 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 food and and abundance so
0: yeah i I like that example too or, or that that story because i think i know and most people probably know people that are in that position that they're well off enough that you know they can survive a month or maybe even two months um off of you know reduced income and savings and things like that but that because this we don't know when this is going to end that there's so much uncertainty and that it if it does continue to go on like it is now, which it certainly is, that more and more people are going to be struggling um, like that family. Um, One of the examples that I I thought stood out was uh, an email from an employee from the Pacific Northwest Ballet. Um, She's been furloughed until August as a result of the crisis. She has two housemates that she lives with, both of whom work in the arts and have been laid off as well. And in her email, she wrote this, Without assistance, our household income will be reduced to less than $1,000 per month, formerly more than $9,000 a month, while our rent stays at $2,550 a month. To simply prohibit evictions right now is not enough. When that is lifted, we will still be unemployed and suddenly saddled with an unmanageable bill, so we will face eviction then. And uh, the reason that stood out to me is because it shows the position that people are in, but also the... Um, the lack of real solutions that have been offered from the landlords from one, but definitely from our government as well, that yes, the eviction moratorium is great. That's helping a lot of people. But when that, when that moratorium ends and the courts reopen, a lot of people are going to be in a really, really difficult position.
1: And, and um, that's why it's so important that we mobilize right now. And, and, there are a lot of opportunities for us to mobilize. Um, there, of course, there's tenant organizing in terms of what one would call direct action, such as forming a, a tenants union. But also, there are so there's some legislation um, th- that is possible, like tomorrow, uh, which will be the 21st of April, uh, Tuesday um, at the time of this recording. Uh, council member King County council member Girmai Zahalai is um, proposing a resolution uh, for a rented mortgage uh, freeze uh, to uh, well it's it's interesting because it's one it's once again an indirect appeal for a mortgage for a rented mortgage freeze um, It's it's ultimately asking Jay in a resolution for the King County Council to ask Jay Inslee for a uh, who is the governor of of Washington uh, for a rent and mortgage uh, freeze resolution. I mean rent mortgage freeze convoluted, (laughs) but yeah, it's it is difficult because some of these
0: terms get. Confusing, and I know I've been confused just hearing them. So things like um, a rent freeze is not necessarily the same as what a rent suspension might be, um, and that, that kind of makes some of this organizing a little bit more difficult because some of so many of us are starting from from nothing with this uh, crisis, kind of necessitating organizing for people that you know haven't before. I know um, for myself, you know, my building. Uh, the landlord's fine. We don't have any serious problems. Uh, you know, the hot water's have never been shut off. We don't have any major um, you know defects going unrepaired or things like that. Um, but rent is still very high, um, and it's mostly studio apartments in my building. Um, I'd like to get a l- little bit more into what DSA is doing to help tenants organizing. Um, So, Wally, can you kind of start just by talking about how the weekly meetings that you're holding got started and what the purpose of them is?
1: So, um, the Tenant Organizing Collective takes its inspiration from the Workplace Organizing Collective that Seattle DSA has been having for, I want to say, at, at least two years, if not three years running. And um, with the Workplace Organizing Collective, it's, it's a, a workshop where you come in. You find out you you, uh, you find out about principles of organizing, um, and then you talk through your specific situation in terms of organizing. And in a similar way for tenant organizing, you come in um, and you you talk about like, some of the you of the things in your situation um, that you'd like to change. And uh, we help you um, see how you can organize around that and help you assess the situation appropriately and, and um, see like what, what level of action is necessary to take. So um, yeah. in in particular, the, so it started in September, the Tenant Organizing Collective, and it was it was having some some momentum, like I'd say pretty low momentum um, when it first started, but like once the once we got to 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 March of this year, things really started ramping up in terms of in terms of involvement and and people. Realized that they they needed to to deal with like some pretty nasty behavior from their landlords and property managers. Um, there there was recently somebody who was uh, contacted by their property management company, um, and I, I think everybody in the building was contacted by by their property management company, uh, uh, and. In which the property management company asked them to. What did they say? They asked the the tenants to, if they were strapped for cash, seek out um, funds from charity funds and from um, and from their parents. And so, like, just just really, really. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, just the the shamelessness of these of these landlords. So we're in a situation where essentially the econo- the world has has not literally stopped turning, but more or less it has but for some but um, for some reason, even though the economy is in a lot of ways at a standstill, the the landlords still ask for their money. And that and that sort of lack of understanding is unconscionable and, and so yeah like we it we re, it makes people realize hey like landlords have always um, in these conditions been doing this like the only way that we can defend ourselves is by organizing so let's do that
0: can you just kind of talk briefly what you about what you think Think of when it comes to housing, and or, you know what your philosophy is, or what your take on on socialist policy should be when it comes to housing.
1: That's a really good question. So there, there, I'd say that there definitely is a terminal goal here, where that sounds like a slogan, kind of because it is, uh, in that housing should be treated as an indispensable human right and so that means that it shouldn't be subject to market forces and and everybody should have secure housing and like that is very likely a generational project um there are situations where you mean we're not going to abolish landlords tomorrow i mean who knows (laughs) like like, there there is the like the the common saying there are situations where where things don't happen for for years weeks don't happen for for years and then like decades happen in a week so uh, to paraphrase right <laughs> and and so yeah like th- anything's possible but it's it's likely to be a, a generational project just like a lot of the, the projects of socialism <laughs> at this point because sure. what we have to do is get um get enough po- power for us to organize against um against landlords such that we will not be subject to their retaliation. We will not uh, be subject to their political influence. We will not be subject to them. (laughs) They, they will, they will no longer be Lord. There will no longer be Lords over our land.
0: (laughs) Which I think it's important to, for people to remember that, I mean, you're kind of joking about that, but that's where this system of landlords and tenants comes from, right? It's, it's a, leftover from feudalism right
1: and the big danger is that we have this inflection point in our society where we could be going to either this neo-feudal barbaristic um very selfish society or we can go towards socialism where it's communal and we actually have a society that is as good as possible for everyone. So,
0: so we we could, and, and maybe we should have a whole episode to dive more deeply into this because it's a, personally, I'm fascinated in this type of a theory and philosophy. Um, so, I just want to do one other thing and then we'll kind of go into some of the more nuts and bolts of tenant organizing. But one of the common I guess, reactions or criticisms that you might see, or that I've certainly seen from liberals is that, you know, so many uh, people are relying on, on rent as income to subsidize their retirement or to subsidize their own income. And, you know, they're just to using the the laws of the state um, to their advantage and, and using the right of contract uh, to their own advantage, that there's nothing wrong with that. That's you know some foundational principles that we've had in our uh, legal framework in our society for hundreds of years. And, and what's so wrong with that? Um, I'd, I'd love to hear what your response or reaction to that liberal critique might be, Wale.
1: Oh, that sounds like a kid who was able to find a glitch in a game and use it... Uh... To their advantage, um, and that's that's not how you rightfully win the game or 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 make your way in the game. You're taking advantage of a glitch that shouldn't be there. To to use um, uh, an eight bit metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good analogy. It's
0: it's just because you can do it doesn't mean that it's fair, right? I mean it's kind of a a fundamental I think idea behind leftist politics in general. Okay, um so before we kind of go down that whole rabbit hole which uh, again I would love to do sometime with you Wale. Um how do you think tenant organizing has changed if it has? now, not just that it, there's more of it, as you've already kind of explained, but are the goals different? Are the strategies different? Um, you know, are you seeing different things from people given how things, you know, it's it's not the same under the pandemic, right? Like with my example where um, we don't have a slum lord, um it's just our rent is really high and many of my neighbors aren't employed. So have you seen goals and strategies shifting?
1: I think that there is opportunity for people to keep their landlords more accountable. And now more than ever, because of the potential huge losses that are, that are gonna come from people not being able to pay their rent. Um, ultimately, when it comes to to that, like that, it that is at least some sort of temporary leverage, and that's one of the reasons why the eviction moratorium being extended within the state of Washington is, in some ways, a boon to the movement. And on top of it being extended, um, there has been a prohibition of late fees uh, during this period. So, um, like, I think that 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 offers like some new prospects for negotiation and. Gives
0: tenants more leverage,
1: uh, right? Absolutely, and so um, there there is that. There's also just within this environment where everybody has to stay at home unless they're an essential worker. You have a unique opportunity to knock on everyone's doors within your building and talk to them and organize. Um, you if can do it. Actually, home. Yeah, because people are actually home. You can do it safely. You can wear you can wear masks. You can you you can maintain six feet of distance. You can do it, and um, you can also like you can slide pieces of paper under under people's doors. Like you can use your discretion in terms of um, providing peace of mind to people about like the precautions that you took, but also this is a huge opportunity that's pretty unprecedented. Uh, and, and so, yeah, it's, uh, it's (laughs) things like these happen once in a, every hundred years, like the last time was the Spanish flu of 1918. (laughs) So, um, yeah, here, here, we are. And so, yeah, like the sense of urgency is, is definitely there. And that's one. I think that's one of the reasons why, um, there's so much energy, um, for our part, um, in terms of the organize, in terms of helping people organize, uh, because we don't know how things are going to settle in terms of like, norms and everything once we're on the other side of this, and so it gives us an opportunity to try to set the pace. Because typically there's a lot of disaster capitalism that happens under these conditions. And like, it's time that we implement some dis- disaster socialism. And we do have, uh, in the city of Seattle and, and on the county level, and, and to a certain degree on the state level, some, some allies. So yeah, let, let's do it. And the thing is that ultimately like, uh, the state of Washington has, uh, some of the, the least supportive laws uh, in in the country in terms of supporting tenants and and so because of that like there there is just a lot to a, a lot to be desired a lot to fight for and if we can establish even a, f- a few norms um, during this time we might be able to hold on to them or it's more likely that we'll be able to hold on to them once all is said and done in terms of this chapter in lives. Because we were talking about like the long-term goal of, of housing as a human right. Like we, one thing we can do is, is really um, have more, more public housing. Call it social housing, public housing. We need, we need more public housing and uh, because we need to remove some of the housing supply from the private market because then it won't be subject to, this, to the market forces and so people can actually live uh, affordably. And um, one of the ways that we could do that is by taxing Amazon within the city of Seattle. Um, hopefully like we could even find ways to tax Amazon um, in other parts of, uh, of the state of Washington, like uh, on on the county level that contains Seattle and King County and even the state of Washington, but we'll see what happens. Um, and And yeah, like that, that's part of it. And then there's the possibility of like one of the, the, I don't want to say terminal goals, but one of the big goalposts is also to encourage buybacks of, well, I guess it wouldn't be a buyback because it's your first time buying a place, but having a first right of refusal as a tenant to purchase um, the home from your landlord, and and have that have the purchase be financed by uh, the the city, county, or state, and um, and so and then you play pay some 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 flat fee, well some no interest um, loan off or something like that, or and then that way it's your you are emp- being empowered because you do not have to worry about yearly increases in rent because you own the place. <laughs> so, yeah. And those so are,
0: those are a couple of, you know, kind of more long-term policy goals that I think are really interesting and, and probably worth their own episode sometime later on. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up with you is that, I know one thing I've seen lately or at least over the past month or so is increased radicalization across the board as a result of this crisis. And especially when it comes to housing. so a lot of people calling for rent strikes, uh, other things like that. I know that I've seen that with my own neighbors. Other people are here in Seattle, you know, people post photos of posters and stickers that are up around neighborhoods across the city, across the country. Uh, as somebody who, you know, Has some experience tenant organizing. Um, you know, what do you say to those people who are really gung ho, want to just go straight to the to a, a full on rent strike?
1: Oh, make sure that it that it is a our, 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 our rent strike in that you have the majority of your um, of your building on board for this. Um, make sure that you that you have some sort of system in place for like once um, your demands are met to actually pay back um, because possibly by holding funds in escrow or or something like that. Um, And then um, yeah, make sure that that you remember that a rent strike is the nuclear option that they're like, make sure that you consider a whole bunch of other options first, because ultimately um, you want to look at, at things like the, I say, you want to look at, at some other direct action and advocacy methods to um, get what you Want from the situation um, in terms of direct action. Like oftentimes, landlords are are business owners, and so you can you can show them the that you're serious by organizing boycotts of their businesses, and 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 then a showing that that their revenue stream comes solely from from the tenants and so like they should listen to the tenants uh, even more so and then um like shaming pu- any sort of um, public shaming landlords take advantage of the of the veil between private and public life um and so, um, they hide their names behind corporations. So there are tools that we have that help you research who your landlord is, and and so like you can then plaster across their neighborhood that hey this person is is a is a crappy landlord that uh, in a time of crisis is uh, is at is asking people to, to pay rent when when the unemployment um, could be so high like you said you said 11%, Josh.
0: That's the number that I saw it might and probably is actually larger than that and that's um, of the of the workforce. So adults, you know able-bodied adults who are able to work, I, th- I think that's the number that I saw.
1: Like I think the most important thing is to just organize and, and be on the same page with people and like to, to get to a point of, of rent strike, like you to, to be able to get everybody on the same page um within your building or like most of the people in your building, like ideally a super majority. So like 75% of people, um, then you would, you, you don't do that in the space of a couple weeks, like even under these, extraordinary circumstances um under which we are so you want to you 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 can i think the most important thing is just is to organize period and see what see what conditions push you towards in terms of in terms of how much of your building is organized and um what sort of leverage you you, you think you have
0: Do you think you could give some examples of demands that tenants either could or or that you have seen that have been made on landlords that, you know, demands that fall short of that full on where, you know, just cancel all rent for the duration of this crisis?
1: Absolutely. I think there's there's
0: obviously a broad spectrum of things that are of possibilities out there.
1: One of the most important things to do right now is to, yes, again, like make sure that you are organized so that your negotiation is as a block. Because, um, divide and conquer is the name of the game for these landlords and don't want that to, to make your, your movement fall apart. Because you want to, everybody to be, so there has to be transparency in terms of the in terms of the terms that you have um, for for your negotiation. Like the, you should have your your co tenants vote on it and have some discourse about it because that's the way that that you actually. Um, are more likely to win, and and then uh, another thing to keep in mind is that how do I put this? So so landlords landlords are dependent on on your income. Like it's it's your money that they're asking from you. Like they they they're living they're 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 so dependent uh, as as the Trillbilly, uh trilbilly say like that they that you should put them down as as dependence on your on your uh, tax form don't don't do that that is not, <laughs> tax, not advice. tax advice I'm I'm not uh, any sort of tax uh, authority or or clerk or anything
0: whatever but it's a good point regardless.
1: And um, and so yeah, like they're they're dependent on you, and um, and yeah, like uh, you gotta you want to want to see how you can you can under these circumstances um, get accommodations because you don't because like. They should be doing things to make sure that your life is a little bit easier. So, for example, um, something that you already know about because you did it um, is you can negotiate for laundry um, expenses being covered because we're in an epidemic. You need to wash your clothes more than usual now. And so you shouldn't be having to pay for laundry machines. And it's great because it's a very small demand in in a lot of ways. But it's a it's it's great because one, you can frame it in in terms of public health, uh, like authentically. And two, um, it's it's something where it's like, hey, like like you're we, are you really gonna squabble over nickels and dimes and quarters um, with with your tenants here, uh, landlord and or property manager? And so, like, and so, you can, because of that, like, you can you can use that as a as a first step or an early step to get momentum, and gain some of that momentum, and, and move from there, and think of other small victories that you can gain, because like because yeah, people are going to want to organize around that because they're concerned about about their health, understandably so during a pandemic.
0: And in, in our building, we did get a kind of partial success out of making that demand. And just to kind of explain the quick backstory, um, it was early or it was late March when I went around and just kind of slipped notes under everybody's doors um, or put them in the um, door handle if I couldn't get it under the door, uh, just saying, Hey, this is Joshua. I'm your neighbor. Um, a lot of people are concerned about what's going on. If you need anything, you know, please let me know. And I set up a Google group for people to join so we could get in um, contact with one another. And I live in a building with a little over 70 units. And within the first uh, week or or week and a half, we got about 16, 17 people into the Google group. And somebody made a suggestion of making this as our kind of first initial demand, which I thought was a really great idea. um, Because as you said, Wale, it's it's a pretty small demand to make and is directly relevant to our needs right now. And the property manager came back, uh, well, we asked for them to make it completely free because all of our um, laundry are quarter-operated machines. And they came back with an offer that said, we can't make them free, um, but what we'll do is provide uh, enough quarters for each unit to do one load of laundry per week. And that was a definitely a partial success or, or partial win, but some of my neighbors were kind of annoyed by it because you have to go to the property manager once a week to get quarters. That means you're violating social distancing guidelines. You're having to touch quarters, which are you know money passes hands frequently, and you don't know necessarily where it's been. Um, and it's for some people just not enough. One load of laundry may not be enough, or you may not be doing one load every week, you might be doing three loads every two weeks so that you don't have to go down to the laundry room. Um, so we're kind of considering what our next move is, but it was a really, really good first step. And it was definitely a, a good organizing tool to get people kind of bonded together a little bit. So we're coming up on the end of the segment. Wally, do you have any kind of final closing thoughts or people who either are organizing their building or want to organize their building? No, well,
1: I'd say that yes, you can. You can. You can do it. And and even if you're thinking about it, just do it. Get get on to organizing your building. There are so many resources right now. There's the there's the Tank. That's T A N C um, guide to uh, neighborhood and uh, tenant organizing. And that and that is uh, that should be available online but uh you could put a link to to that guide in your notes joshua there's also the philly tenants union guide and then there's there's a weekly north american town hall for um for autonomous tenants unions the autonomous tenants union network is is hosting that and so and you can find that the uh, the invite for that on on Facebook so there's a lot of opportunities for you to, to take part and and organize right now so
0: and where can people find our Seattle DSA
1: weekly meetings it can do it by going to seattledsa.org/events and you, you, you'll you see a calendar and on Wednesday from 5.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. It is taking place, the Tenant Organizing Collective, and you should be able to see the link to it right then and there. Great. Thanks so much, Wally.
0: I appreciate everything you've done to help me organize my building. Um, it's been really great having the, those weekly meetings to go to and get – ideas, advice and just inspiration.
1: It's a pleasure. this is how we win. Uh, this is all part of it. Like this may seem like a small thing as small as as change in the pocket, but it's going to end up paying off in terms of the big bucks because the buying power of the of the landlords will be decreased by the end of it if we do this. Housing is a human right. That is correct.
0: Thank you, Wale. Organizing is an important skill, especially during times of crisis. Housing is so important for keeping people safe and healthy. So if you want to organize with your neighbors to protect your home, please join us. You can find links in the show notes or check out the Seattle DSA calendar at seattledsa.org events. Cascadia Solidarity Zone is an independent media project and does not represent official positions of Seattle DSA. Thank you for listening. You can subscribe wherever you find podcasts. Get organized and be safe out there.